Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Sop. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about marketing in 2019, Ooh. and possibly a little bit into 2020. Watch out. What you could be doing, what you could be doing better, what you're probably not doing, and more nonetheless, how to set up your mindset to essentially market as best you can. And in the past couple episodes, we've been talking a bunch about how your studio is not a hobby and that it is a business. Or if you're a band listening, that you're not a band, you're a business. Mm-hmm. And how you should be marketing things and how you should be, uh, and how, how businesses look at things and how you should then interpret that and look at things uh, from the way a business does. So, Sam. Matt. Do you want to unpack of course. Marketing. I look forward to 2019. This is a follow up episode from 2018. The much loved How to Market 2018. People love that episode. I'm totally, yeah, we're using this every year. This is totally <laughs> a buffer episode, but it's a good episode. That's right. So, you ready to unpack it? It's unpacked this year, right? I'm, I'm unpacking. It's already unpacked. <laughs> Did you hear it? I heard your baggage, Sam. I clicked something. Heard your my baggage, baggage loud and clear. We're gonna air it out again this year. A little more this <laughs> year. Each episode, oh. the baggage gets a little lighter. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. <sighs> you just replace it with more. All right, so Sam, Matt, what are people getting bogged down in in 2019 that is keeping them from marketing themselves in an effective way? Mm, that's a terrific question. Thanks. Before I start my monologue number one, I just want to give a disclaimer that a lot of what I'm about to talk about, I have borrowed from books I have read and things I've listened to. And one of my favorite books I've read recently that I recommend to everyone is called This is Marketing by Seth Godin. If you do not know who Seth Godin is, he is a marketing genius. Uh, he has been marketing and a authority in marketing for almost 30 years, I believe, the back of the book says. But he wrote this book uh, at the end of last year, just came out, and it was about basically writing um, about the pulse or the atmosphere of marketing in 2019 and the future to come and how it's changed, which led to this kind of episode. Um, But to get back to Matt's question about what are people getting bogged down on uh, or in with marketing, I think is people have basically missed that good marketing is about serving your client and knowing who it is for and what you offer. In the book uh, that I was just talking about, Seth's big statement is that people like us do things like this. And I will say it again. People like us do things like this. And what that means is basically that Within our current culture, there is a tribe mentality that basically says, someone like me does something like this. And I will give you a quick example of how that is works in the music industry, which would be like real 
mixers hire a mastering engineer. And basically mm. what that is saying is that if you don't hire a mastering engineer, you are not a real mix engineer. So that is like a big, definitive, clear statement of who and what your product is for or service is for. People like us, real mixers, do things like this, hire mastering engineers. And basically that creates a badge of honor or clout or a social statement and a separation of tribes of if you're not a real mixer or what I want to say is you are not a real mixer unless you hire a mastering engineer. So that separates the real from the amateur and also puts value onto mastering, which pushes clients to me. That is a overview and just an example, I'm not saying that's true, but I wanted to give a quick example of something that you know people could relate to quickly. So that's the whole idea of Cessbook. And I see it too within social media trends and with marketing trends is basically there is a shift of there are groups of people and tribes of people that do certain things and everyone's trying to find where they fit in essentially and you can market basically or you can't market to people until you figure out who your product is for and what it's for and until you figure out those two things you can't really do much of anything and help anyone so as far as things bogging down people um, I feel like people spend way too much time focusing on their product before they even know what the problem is. And I feel like I used to do this um, when I first started, which was like I was so concerned about skill level and what I was going to do and how it was going to reflect me. But in reality, I hadn't even taken the pulse of the people around me and the audience or potential client I was going to have and what they needed. And so I think it's really easy for people to get bogged down in thinking they don't have enough skill, they don't have enough gear, they don't have enough credits. And because they let all that kind of compound upon them, they end up selling themselves way short and they're unable to market something correctly because they're trying to market the wrong thing to the wrong person. They think gear or vibey Instagram photos or things like that will get them the client they want, which... This goes into people you know, like us do things like this, which is you may attract a certain type of people who like vibey Instagram posts or posts of gear, but usually the people who are super concerned about that are amateurs in my experience, and I used to be this way because I thought gear equals pro sound. But in reality, what I've learned is obviously it's, you know, it's the Indian, not the arrow or bow and arrow, I think is the phrase. But it's basically your ears and my and my experience, you know, trumps any gear I'll ever own. And gear is worthless unless I know how to actually use it, of course. Mm. So I think that's when I think of what bogs people down, I think it's the focus of, you know, they think they have to be semi-famous, they have to have an Instagram following, they have to have social media influence, they have to have gear, they have to have all these things, precursors essentially, before they can even market or think they deserve clients. And they've really missed everything because it's not even about that. Like your client needs to be served and you need to answer and solve their problem, 
which is how you market to me in 2019, is a focus on solving your client's problem and presenting what you do clearly and honestly, as opposed to the last few years, which has been a lot of trends are kind of like people are basically trying to say they can do everything for everyone, which is the whole side hustle mentality of like, I can mix, I can master, I can produce, I can engineer, I can songwrite, and then I can design your webpage for you and then do SEO on top. And there's nothing wrong with doing all those things. And even if you enjoy all those things, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing is that most people are not great at that and they're over-promising and under-delivering. And that is terrible marketing because once that happens, your clients or ex-clients start talking about you. <coughs> and once you get some bad press going or people start talking bad about your services or that you're not pro, then you're in damage control and you're in a tough place. So that's my opening remarks, Matt. That's my monologue number one mm. on what gets you, what gets people bogged down in marketing. So what do you say to that? What are your thoughts? You know what I don't like what? in 2019? What? I don't like definitives. Mm, okay. I think it's a really lazy approach to marketing. Great. And to making yourself sound like an expert. Talk. It's like in mastering, you need to use an EQ less than one decibel. Mm. In mastering, you need to use a compressor so that the needle is barely moving. It's like not everything really fits that bill. And it's like you'll see people post this or it's like it's, I don't know, it, it's like you, you do have the whole thing. It's like the, it's, I, I, I feel really bad if I started pulling up somebody's like definitives <laughs> and they just start reading them of our <laughs> podcast. But it's just like making these like very definitive statements in pursuit of being some type of a subject matter expert where everyone's trying to fight for something and you making definitives and then your definitive, which was kind of ill-thought-out marketing, is now causing somebody else to make poor musical decisions. That, I think, that that's, that's kind of where I start to draw a line with it. And, like, definitives, yeah, they can be cool. It's like... Be like, if you leave me zero headroom, I can't do anything. It's like, oh well, yeah, that you know what? You, yeah, that's kind of true. It's like if you were to, it's like that's a fact. Definitives to me are not fact. Mm -hmm. Definitives are like somebody's opinion that really doesn't matter, that has nothing better to say, and it's just like you do this, and if you don't, you're wrong. And it's like no, but that's your opinion, and you're an idiot. So. That's a big 2019 thing I've been seeing is mm -hmm. definitives. Interesting. And I don't like it. <laughs> That's kind of where I am. And it's not really, it's like, I think I also don't like it because they're not really staying in their lane. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of going into everybody's lane and they're being like, if you and you and you and you do this and I say to not do it, but you're doing it, well, then you're doing it wrong. And, you know, because I have the voice on YouTube and Instagram and all these other platforms and I'm doing all of this and I'm doing more of this than I am mastering or mixing or whatever I do, then of course I, I have to be right. I'm the talking head. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's kind of like how worthless the news people are. <laughs> because it's like, 
I don't know. I like literally know nobody on the news anymore. Like if you had somebody like Anderson Cooper or that's CNN, who's somebody on Fox News, Brett Baer. If you had these two people who probably were political science majors or did something or journalism and then their life is just media and commentary and talking heads. But if they were to actually go and do the job that they're commenting on, whether that's like something in the United States House, U.S. Congress, presidency, uh, Supreme Court, any of this, I bet they would be absolute shit. They would be terrible at it because it's just their opinions, but their opinions become definitives. Mm -hmm. And so it's like just because you're a talking head does not mean that your opinion is correct. Right. So, and it doesn't also make you a, like a good like person at what you're saying that you're doing. Yeah. So that's kind of what's been grinding my gears in 2019. Excellent. So it doesn't stay in your lane. It doesn't so, stay in your lane. That's just me. I get it. Well, let's talk about some good slash effective ways to market yourself in 2019 then. If we've talked a brief moment about what bogs us down, what do we think are good ways to market yourself in 2019 in the near future? Am I starting this or are you starting this? You can start. Well, I'll start with a question for you. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, but like, I know, but like, it's going to kind of stay with me. Okay. What do you think like has changed between this year as opposed to like last year in terms of like where social is? Like where it's like you see in like, like in terms of the pot of all the places where you could market yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like a primordial ooze. Yeah. Of just bullshit of just marketing. Right. Spinning around and there's right. like a little... Eye floating around. It's like a witch's brew. Right. It's green and it's steaming. It's a cauldron. <laughs> what do you think of the social media forms of marketing and whatnot? Like, what do you think, like, like, how, what do you think that's changed from 2018 to 2019? I think, to me, I've observed between last year and maybe, I feel like there were a few years, and I do feel like there's been a significant shift in the last year. But... <clears throat> I feel like for a long time, people were really big on getting themselves out and taking definitive. I think what it's what you're saying is like definitives are starting to become outrageous definitives and that they're so polarizing of like, you know, you only can use subtractive EQ when you master. Like that is such a bold definitive, whereas... I feel like a year ago people were would have been a little more lenient. But I feel like people spent 2018 and probably 2017 really pumping themselves up in brand. Like we've been so big on story and brand, which is important. But I think what happened over the last year in the music industry from looking is like people got so stuck on just promoting themselves and like what do I look like and and it comes <laughs> You know, this kind of comes into some of the positive, like figuring out who you are and what you stand for and who's it for. But I think what the big shift has become is now that 
everybody's saying this is what I am and I have influence and I'm doing this. They have forgotten that the most important thing, and I think this is in 2019, the most important thing is what are other people now saying about you? So you've spent the last year or two pumping your brand into the atmosphere, you know, your logo that you hired someone to make, your trendiness, your vibey things. And I'm, I do the same thing. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's, it's, good to care about what you look like and things and helps present a product. But now that we've spent so much time on, and Seth Godin talks about this little bit of like, everyone wants to be semi-famous now. And like, Mm. that's kind of the goal. And that was the goal of marketing is basically to become a social media influencer to then be viewed as semi-famous, which then people create a narrative that you are famous and then they want to be famous. So then they buy into your product. But now people are catching on that, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem, which to me, and this has kind of been a long, a long, like, a long, what am I trying to say? Basically, this has been at the core of good marketing is that basically great marketing is about helping people and serving people. And we've spent the last year or two with people just telling us why they're so good and why they think they're so great. And then when we have a lot of people who under-deliver, and now this year the trend, I think people are starting to get smart. They're starting to ask questions and going, hey, you're not actually an expert in this. Just because you spent the last year looking like it and talking like it and you read a book doesn't mean you're an expert. Just like I'm not an expert in marketing, but Seth Godin to me is because he spent 30 years and he has a career to show for it. And I think for 2019, I think the big trend and I think the big shift, people that are going to win in 2019 are the people that have basically done the work and served the customers, and now their customers are talking about them in a positive way. Hmm. And I think the trend, that's a new trend. I think letting your customers speak and letting your customers be your salesperson, I think, is 2019 um, because we are in a sea of just oversaturated bullshit with people being able to claim whatever they want and making definitives just like you were saying. I feel like definitives and the idea of becoming an expert or having a master class or whatever language you want to use was 2017-18. And for a while, people were like, well, I'm not an expert, and I can't believe someone would claim to be an expert if they're not. But in the reality, that's what people were doing all of last year. (laughs) It's like legitimately being like, I'm an expert authority. I'm an entrepreneur. Because you just put it on your social media. (laughs) CEO. Yeah, and you hired some random person on the internet to make your build-out and your sales funnel look professional, which it does look professional, and it looks great. Congratulations. But no one gives a shit because you don't solve any problems. Like, you sold and duped a bunch of people for a little bit, and now I think 2019 is like the filter is is coming. Like, people are starting to be smarter. They're filtering through all the bull crap, and those that really know what they're doing are starting to shine because there's no longevity and and people that do the get rich quick and quick marketing and all that stuff, like there's no longevity in it for them because they really don't care about serving the client. They got into it and did all that quickly because they care about making money. And when you do that, like over time, no one cares about you, like if you're here or not. Like you're 
100% you don't matter long term because if you were to shut your website down and your, you know, whatever, your tutorial videos, no one will care about you because there's a thousand others just like it. You will not be missed. And that's like a huge thing that I think is shifting from 2018 to 19, which Seth Godin talks about once again. And I'm borrowing this from him, but he really talks about like, if you are not missed by your audience, then what you've been doing doesn't matter. Like you are replaceable, which we all know that. And, but there's a difference between being replaceable and do people miss you? And if they miss you, then you can basically come back at any time because you actually built authority and platform and product that mattered and changed lives. But if you're replaceable, then you really haven't done good marketing. You really haven't created a great product and you're really not serving people. You're probably just serving yourself the whole time. So that to me is what I see between 2018 and 19 is we were pumping ourselves up to everyone telling everyone how great we were and that we're a CEO and that we're an ex- expert and that we have master classes and that we're a mastermind and trying to convince people that we're really great. And in 2019, people are finally going, you know what? I don't think you are an expert. I don't think you are great. And this person over here actually has been delivering for a long time or even just last year. So I'm going to keep working with them and not only work with them, I need to make sure everybody in my tribe, everybody who knows me, knows that this person's the real deal and you're the phony. And I, hmm. I literally am starting to see that based on the forums and Instagram posts where people are doing, you know, like, I <laughs> this happened the other day when someone was like, I got a sponsored ad from someone advertising, get Chris Brown's vocal chain preset. And I clicked on the guy's profile looked at his credits, which he has none. And I messaged him. I said, you've never worked with Chris Brown, have you? He said, no. I said, how can you advertise, you know, that you're advertising Chris Brown's vocal chain presets when you've never done it? And he said, oh, it's just, you know, like a marketing thing. And so I just told him, I was like, well, I actually mixed a Chris Brown song this past year and I actually have a vocal chain. So (laughs) I commented kind of like a a douche, I suppose, in the thing. I said, if anybody actually wants this for free and not pay $15, if you actually want a vocal chain that was used on Chris Brown's vocals, DM me and I'll email it to you. And that started a fire of like people just being like, A, DMing me still to this. I mean, we're like two months past and I get DMs almost every day from people being like, I want the vocal chain, I want the vocal chain. So I send it, you know, what I did on, I have a, I have it copy and pasted at this point of what I did um, just to send to people quickly. But the amount of people who have commented saying like, yeah, this, like, why are you selling and claiming that you have someone's vocal chain that you've never worked on? Like people are starting to get smart and I've seen it with, you know, we've talked about Slate subscription and like different companies that are doing subscription models and basically upping prices and giving less value and people are starting to say, hey, this isn't working for us like this feels it felt good initially like it seemed like a good deal it seemed like you were giving us lots of value and it seems like you know you know like slate claims like we have the most accurate emulations of analog anything blah blah and we're the best and and blah blah and it's like actually a lot of your plugins don't sound good and like i have some of the gear you claim you're modeling and it sounds nothing like that like (laughs) but once again with the internet you can just make those claims. Like that's the internet's the wild west still. <laughs> like as much as we've had it for I don't know, 
for me, I got internet in like junior high, so like 20 years or 15, 16 years. It's like there are people still making absolute definitive claims. And now people are finally starting to say like, hey, maybe this isn't true because, you know, this isn't working for us anymore. Like this isn't a good value. This isn't helping solve my problem that I have. And so that's that to me is what I see, you know, as as the changer between 2018, 2019. It's almost like you better pray to God that you were telling the truth the last few years or it's going to bite you in the ass. Like <laughs> it's coming back to bite you as, as everything does in life. It's just starting to catch up with people and I've watched it happen to people. So that's, that's my thoughts, Matt. What do you say to that? <clears throat> I think, well, Sam from, from the, from the book he was reading, he wrote down, literally paragraphs of quotes from the book and uh, some of them were absolute gold Um, my favorite excuse me my favorite being people do not buy the thing uh, actually I can't read your vernacular I'm just going to read the quote (laughs) yeah just read the the quote the quote is that the quote is that people don't care about the drill bit they care about the hole that it will make that's the end goal right and it's essentially like yeah, you can market the hell out of your drill bit and everything else. I mean, if anyone's handy and it's like you've been if you buy like the wrong drill bit for the wrong application, like you're going to you're going to kind of be in a in an interesting world. You're going to be trying to figure it out. If you try to like drill into like I don't know, like hang like a like a shower curtain in a bathroom and you got to like screw in the like some screws into tile or something like that, and you're trying to use a regular drill bit as opposed to a mason masonry drill bit. It's like hmm, you might have a you might have an interesting time, or you might crack your tile, and now you have to go mm-hmm. remove that whole <laughs> tile, or it might not even be masonry, but you might have to use like something else. So it's just, you, yeah. It's like, so if your hole ends up making more damage, because like that's what the drill bit's supposed to do. A drill bit is supposed to make like progressive damage, like damage that is like that is going to like connect A to B, and hopefully make something that's level and something that is nice and so it is it, it's the it's the destructive means to an end and it's like you can market your drill bit all you want but if it's a piece of crap it's a piece of crap much like how if you're just going posting pictures about your studio and it's like yeah well you we know you can operate a camera but let's like let's hear what you're let's hear what you're doing um what would you say to people who are like kind of just getting into it Sam about like how should they how should somebody go about setting up a marketing plan for themselves uh in 2019 going into 2020 what do you think like are like the like pretty solid like first couple steps you think that they should do with me I would say like above everything else ditch the whole mantra that uh anything that may be making you look different than you are. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything is going to be consumed on like any level of value, it would be authenticity. Right. And I think that's where I would start. That's, I mean, that's exactly where I would start. Like to me, if I was starting out right now, I would market to people that I feel like I'm a good fit for. 
And I would start with exactly where I'm at and not try to overmarket and overpromise because people have such a hard time accepting that things are going to take a long time. So if you're just starting mixing or mastering or engineering, you have to know that you are starting a amazing journey and that every step and every level you get to is going to create new challenges and new growth. I mean, Matt and I were just talking this week about a new season I'm in with growth and like the things that come up that I never even thought I would have to think about come up and it never ends. Like you just, you have to keep adapting and it's really important for me and for everyone to always market yourself at where you're at and market to the people that you can actually help. And Seth talks about in the book, like marketing is the act of making change happen and making things you know, essentially isn't enough. Doing the things isn't enough. Creating the music isn't enough. Mixing isn't enough. That is all the easy part. And like the real work, the real good marketing comes in when you've changed someone. And that's proof of good marketing and that you've made a great product and service. And basically, if I was starting, I would say I would, you know, anything you market, surround it with the idea of does this help humans find what they're actually looking for? And it like goes back to the drill bit thing of, I love that imagery he used in the book because basically people are buying into the end product they think they're going to get. They don't really care about the drill bit. They know they need it and that's a bridge and that, like Matt was saying, connects you from A to B, but they're buying into the feeling or the end result over the actual service. And so when you're marketing, to me, if you were just starting out, I would focus on that. And it's what I tell people, you know, and what I do is like, I help paint a picture of your song being out in the real world doing well, because I know that's what you want. You don't care about my mastering. You care about mastering leading you to the point where you can actually release the music out and start to make money about it. And that's great. And that's normal. Like, I don't need you to care about the service. I mean, it's nice if you do, but I paint a picture for people when I market to them of their product being done and sell them on that because that's really what I'm going to do. And they don't, they're hiring me not to necessarily, um, you know, school them in mastering. They don't necessarily want that. It's important for me to do that on some level, but really they're concerned about, can I give them the finished end product so then they can move on and sell it? And I think to me, if I was starting out, I would just paint the picture over and over again of what you can actually do at the level you're actually at. So everybody can add value on any level you're at. Like if you're just starting and you're a producer and say you're really good at just hi-hats programming. Like you could literally market into a lane of like, I'm the expert in hi-hat programming and I do that really well, even though maybe the rest of your beats suck. Like (laughs) it's possible to just be good at hi-hats or kick drum patterns or synths or things. And I think staying in your lane is really important and then allowing people also to come into that lane like your customers is really important, I think, moving into 2019, which is people still want to have a connection and ownership to what you're doing and the process of it. Um, so if I was, you know, if I was just starting out, I would focus on on those things. Like what change can you make? 
how can you serve people? How can they count? How can you help them? And be really honest about it and understand that you're on a journey and that your work basically is for those that want to journey along with you. Um, and that's kind of where I would start, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, and I think, uh, and what I'll say next is very specific to, um, I guess, this podcast, which is really kind of geared towards mastering or, uh, I mean, you could be a mix engineer. I mean, I know plenty of people who are not mastering, mastering engineers who listen to this. I mean, one of my best friends, Ellis, he's a mechanic for a government contractor in Afghanistan, and he listens to every single episode of this. Um, it's funny, we hang out, and he's like, man, I feel like I've been talking to you for years. <laughs> it's like, nope, you've just been listening too much. Um, so this is more geared towards people in the mastering sect, or it could even, the, it could even be the producing or mixing sect. Um, you will serve many people, but you will only profit from a few. And what I take from that is something that we have said several times on this show is that you will, I mean, you can have a really, really good business with only five, like, very, like, active customers. And, I mean, and you can have an incredibly successful business with only 10 and then compound that exponentially going up by a factor of the same amount. So it's like if I only have five people in town feeding me things and I'm only doing this part-time, that means I am always booked. <laughs> so if I have 10, that means I am overwhelmed. <laughs> that means I need to raise my rates. Um, so yeah, you will you'll have a bunch of people that you work for and that you do work for here and there. It's like, oh, I heard you from this, and I heard you from this, and I heard that you did work on this. But just know that only a few of those, in terms of like who you are actually marketing towards, and this, I mean, if like there's anything that we don't say in this episode, go listen to marketing in 2018 because we really go into like how to define like your target audience. It's kind of like uh, speaking in front of a group of people. Um, one of the main things you need to do first off is define who your tar- target market is. And then uh, it's like, how do you know you should even be doing this? It's like, well, you're going to be affirmed in it and people are going to tell you that you're, that you're good in it. And it's like, if I have somebody who really stings at math telling me they want to go be an engineer, I'm probably be like, eh, I probably wouldn't do that. Or if you do, I probably won't drive on that bridge. So... It's just like, <laughs> I'll stay in my lane and go a couple more miles down. So just uh, if there's anything that this episode does not leave you with, I, I think that that will be picked up in 2018. Something I want to carry forward to, from 2018 to 2019 is something that I've called a KPI, and it's a business term called a key performance indicator. And I've touched on it several times in previous episodes and you need to essentially just kind of create a little metric system for yourself on how you're doing in terms of your marketing. And I would say one of my main KPIs, like a very easy one, is do you have return clientele? And you could have <clears throat> several months, could even be a year or so in between projects if you're just dealing with artists. Um, if you're a mastery engineer, I highly recommend uh, investing uh, yourself into... 
the happenings of local producers and don't worry about bands necessarily. It's like the producers for a mastering engineer will probably be the people who um, you profit from the most, the people who are constantly busy as opposed to a band that might do an EP or an LP every like year or so. And then like a couple singles thrown in in there. Um, so it's like, are you ha- like, you might have a band come back, but are you having someone who is doing a high volume of work returning um, on a regular basis? That's a big key performance indicator. Um, what are people, like we, we spoke about this earlier, what are people like saying about you? And it's like, I believe Sam touched on this earlier, your best customers become your best salespeople. Um, so it's like you need to like create these little tiny metrics that help you to understand um, what the return on your investment is. It's called the ROI. Um, and if the return is not worth the investment, then you need to switch up your strategies. Um, yeah. So get some KPIs. Figure it out. Just be like, okay, what 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 are three three to five things that I can monitor within the next six or so months? And don't make likes or comments or any of that BS. Be a part of it. Um, do a lot of work behind the scenes. Do like if if you. And I said this a couple episodes ago. If you like somebody's work and you're not working with them, just let them know that they have really awesome work and that you really like it. And if you want to work with them, then tell them that. <laughs> Sam does that. Yep. He's like, hey, man, I really love this uh, last album. Um, I'd lo- I, th- I think I'd be a good fit if you're looking for a mastery engineer. What do you say to people? That's what I say, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're very upfront and bold. The first time I heard it, I was like, wait, you say that to people? I do. He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? I tell so, them. I just did it today to a uh, R&B hip-hop client in town who's wanting to potentially hire me for mastering. They sent me the private SoundCloud link to it, the mixes. I got done listening and I literally said, I have to do this. I'm a huge fan of the songs. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the references. And I gave them a whole backstory on why I'm the best fit and why I love the songs and that I have to do it. I mean, I told them that. That's usually what I tell them. Like, I tell them I have to do it. And I do that because when I am the best fit, you know, I've spent years figuring out what do I absolutely love doing and what gets my, you know, gets the best out of me. And for me, that's a lot of rap, hip hop and trap stuff. I, I adore the genre. I've spent my whole life listening to it. I got my start in it in Chicago 10 years ago. I've still been working in it throughout the 10 years. And then the last few years in Nashville, I've intentionally poured into the scene here to try and cultivate some sort of organization of rap and hip hop and R&B. And now that's starting to spread a bit. And yeah, I mean, I literally will tell people, yes, I absolutely want to do this. And I also told Matt today, I refunded a client who sent me mixes where I just was like, this isn't like good. This isn't a good fit for me. Like this isn't something I want to take on. And here's your money. And here's what I think, you know, could be a better fit. And that to me, there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than being able to tell people, yes, I'm the best fit for that. And no, I'm, you know, a bad fit for that, or I'm not the person who's going to do that because it, it just really helps people know what you offer. And Mm. 
when people know what you offer, then, you know, you can, they start to tell other people who have that need. And I think that's, you know, in the book he talks about, like, you must know what you stand for and what you do and who it's for. Like, that's the name of the game, basically, of all marketing, but specifically 2019 is like, in all the noise and bull crap, like, you need to adopt a posture of service and engage with the culture and make a change. And the only way to do that is you have to know what you stand for, know what you do, and know who it's for. And if, you know, for me, that's what I've been working on the last few years is really narrowing down my lane of what I do so that I can best serve people. So that's how I do it, Matt. I mean, you're right. I, I literally just tell people that. I've never had anyone react strangely. The, the strange thing is they just say, wow, I've never actually had a mastery engineer care or like want to be a part of my project. Yeah. I think that to me is the strange response I've seen over and over from, from people is like, wow, I've never met anyone who actually told me they love my music. They just said, here's the rate, here's the timeline, I can do it, it'll be good. But rarely has do people get the affirmation that I give them, which isn't bullcrap. Like I give it to them because I'm genuinely pumped because I'm going to listen to this album a bunch of times because I'm working on it, and then I want to listen to it out in the public, like and listen to it when I'm yeah. at the gym or something. So, um, but that just came from years of me realizing I was working on a lot of work just for money, and I wasn't. I was serving the client in a way, but. I really didn't start doing great work in carving my lane and becoming someone who is semi-known in town or known in town of until I started really clearing up, this is what I love doing and I'm pumped about, and this is what I'm not. And if I'm not, you know, if you come to me and I'm not the best fit, then let me give you the email address to another master engineer who is a good fit. And that's kind of... We've talked about it before, but it's like saying yes to something means saying no to something else. And so, you know, I believe in that. And then, you know, when I turned down a project, I had it happen day. So I, I refunded that one client and that was a no to them. But then I had another project come in that now I can take on this week or it would be next week because it's Wednesday. But, you know, if I would have committed to this girl's project, then I would have passed on this. It's a it's like a summer pop funk EP that it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of like a Calvin Harris, Pharrell, Neptunes with like some R&B soul singers with some trap yeah. elements. So like that's a much better fit. I wouldn't have been able to take it on on their deadline if I would have said yes to this other girl just because the money was there, you know. So I've just learned that lesson the hard way of taking on work for the sake of money and there you know, a lot of people be like, "Oh, it must be nice that you can pick and choose," but it's like I wasn't always that way. Like, I can't say that more or like enough to people. It's like, I started from nothing just like everyone else. Like, no clients, no anything. And there were years where I didn't have enough work. Like, that's so normal <laughs> to not have enough work. But you have to have the long term vision, the 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, 40 year, 50 year, 60 year vision of, you know, if you keep going and you keep serving people and you keep, you know, meeting a need and solving the problem, then you're going to have way more work than you know what to do with. And you realize, like you said earlier, Matt, like serving, you're going to serve a lot of people. So I have a ton of quote unquote clients, 
but I have a few that are just slammed OAs. And the few has turned into more than a few over the years. But those few very early on were the people who made me go, oh, this is really possible. Like, I can do this. If I get, if I get 10 people, then I'm going to hit this goal. And if I get 15 people, then I'll be doing this. And if I get 20, you know, by year 10, then I'm going to be having more money than I know what to do with. And, you know, then you realize money's not the answer. So you have to always ask yourself, <laughs> what am I going to do once I make the money? That's a big question we've talked about. But anyway... I just, you know, it's really important to figure out what you do and who it's for and let people know that so you can serve them and solve their problem. That's what it's about. That's it. So what do you think, Matt? I think my voice is pretty raspy. I need to take a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I think we just have a couple more points to talk about. Oh, I was was pretty good. Oh, you're done? (laughs) Oh, I was pretty done. good. I oh, was <laughs> like my my literal next thing I was going to say is like in 2019, what I have found to be one of the best ways to market yourself is to stop thinking of like the masses and literally to engage on like a very like one by one like personal level. And I'm not even talking about hey, I'd love to master your stuff and. I keep referencing other episodes in this episode, but in a previous episode, I said literally just invest in other people through your own commentary. Forget the like actually commenting on somebody's thing. Like actually go into their DMs or something and be like, hey, I really love this album and I really love what you're doing here. Keep up the good work. I've literally done that four or five times within the last week to stuff I genuinely like. And people are like, oh, sweet, man. Yeah, thanks. I have like a handful of things that I've been meaning to talk to you about. And I have like a handful of work that I want to see if it's a good fit. Heck yeah. So that's it. That's it. It's like literally just engage on a personal level. Right. And I don't want to end this on a sour note, but know that if you don't do that and if you don't take those steps to engage with people, that you are replaceable. And that if you're not going to do this, somebody else who's more hungry than you are will do it. And it's like, don't operate your business out of a place of fear. And everyone has a different way of going about it. But just know, like, the way that people are interacting and the way that people are talking, um, you just have to be, have a little bit of, like, emotional insight to how people are doing things. And... That's how I at least see a lot of things and deals going down is people actually talking. Like no one is making money off of taking out Instagram ads on their most vibey studio pick. No one's making money that way. Like there is like and if it is, it's a very like non-gratifying way <laughs> to do it. And you I, I I don't even know the ROI on it because I'm not even willing to invest in that. It's like I if I'm going to do this, I want to have like a one-on-one relationship with the person and I want to absolutely love the end product. And I'm literally like like even today I had a I had a live hip hop album uh go live and like the whole time we're literally like cheering everybody across the finish line of like, hell yeah, this is released. Like 
and they're so happy that I promoted it. I was like, like, anything else I can do for you, please let me know. Like, I'm here to make sure that, like, this is successful. I'm here beyond mastering. It's like, anything else I can do, please feel free to let me know. That's that's at least just me. But it's like, I, I want to make sure that, like, I'm operating in a different realm and I am uh, providing a different service that's not just like, okay, submit your thing here. Okay, here's your master. Here's your bill. Have a nice life. It's like I want to like I want this like return customer and I want someone to be so happy with what they received that I mean, there's no other thought in their mind but yeah, we're going back to them. So, that's where I'm at. It's so, perfect. you need to interact with people on a personal level. It's perfect. That's my worthless two cents. So, and if you don't <laughs> do that, somebody else will. Love it. So, Let's wrap it up. That's all that. I got, Sam. If you got other places you want to go with this episode, you can do it. No, the only thing I want to talk about was the replaceable idea, which is what we had written down. So you nailed it. Nice. I don't wanna I don't wanna add anything more. Let's wrap. Take us home. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that I was really worried that that would end on a sour note. And I I, I think I I think I did a pretty There's solid delivery. There's nothing sour about it. Pretty solid delivery. That's great. Little, little little upfront honesty. Yeah. It's always good. That's right. So, not a threat. <laughs> so just a promise. Just wisdom. Just experience. There you go. Just gas. Just gas. Just Matt's gas. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My wife's listening. She'll be like, preach, Sam. <sighs> Matt's gas. Oh, well. <laughs> Whatever. Anywho. <laughs> anyway. Fart jokes at 6 p.m. Here we go. <laughs> Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you folks are having, have a darn good one. Sam, you got some music? Cueing it, playing it, been rocking it. About to turn All it right up. then. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Cue it up. Cueing. Bye. Bye.